Hello everybody, Cal Banyan here, Cal Banyan's Hypnosis Etc. on calbanyan.com. Hey, so this is the second part of the Bad Bad Words video series. And there's just going to be two parts. Now, uh, I'm kind of doing it as a quick little experiment because uh, this recording is being done in the exact same classroom I use to teach class, using the exact same equipment that I use to teach class. Uh, so, for example, I just completed a couple of classes. One was the Banyan, uh, the NGH approved Banyan Hypnosis Certification Super Course for hypnotists and which we had, it was a hybrid class. We've been doing hybrid classes for 13 years in which some of the students were on site and some of them were different places around the world, which was awesome. And uh, this is a peak of what the classroom looks like. I have my beautiful whiteboard back here. I also have another camera that's set up just to look at the whiteboard. And then I also have a camera set up uh, to watch all of the, the students and a screen so the students can see the offline students. It's all very cozy. So anyway, I thought, you know, what the heck, give you guys an insider look at what that looks like from the online students uh, perspective. So. This is what it looks like. All right. So, uh, and by the way, we've got some more trainings coming up. Let's see here. We've got the week of power, which is for only for certified hypnotists. We take you to the next level of five path and seven path self hypnosis. That starts November 15th, 2020. The uh, NGH approved super course for anyone that wants to come into this profession starts October 18th, goes through the 24th. Uh, it is, we're running a new format. It's called the 25-7, which you have 25 hours of pre-study before you come to class. So that I spend a lot of time on the basics and that's done on, by watching videos of me like this and also some reading material, that kind of thing. Then you come in and bam, we can get right into the, you know, the, the real hypnosis and hypnotherapy, uh, how to change people's lives material. All right. So bad, bad words. We're back to the bad, bad words. Let me do a quick little recap of what was covered in the last episode. Last episode, bad, bad words that are harming the profession of hypnotism. Now, okay. Well, let me just get rolling on this. Words I talked about last time, under hypnosis, bad, bad word, under is not good because it sounds like you're trying to put them under a spell or under anesthesia, chemical anesthesia, we're not doing any of that. A much better word to be using would be inducing hypnosis rather than I'm going to put you under hypnosis. Another bad, bad word is susceptibility. Susceptibility is bad because it sounds like you're going to catch something. Think of one thing that you'd like to be susceptible to. No. Susceptible kind of means like, you know, something's gotcha, you know, susceptible to um, like a disease or something like that. So let's get rid of that word. The other one was succumb. Succumb sounds like I'm overtaking your will. And anyone that's been in the hypnosis profession very long realizes that we don't overtake the will of our clients. What happens is hypnosis done properly is like a dance. One person is in the lead, the other person is like a follow in the in the in the role of follow. Uh, the client is constantly opting in. If the client wants to stop being in hypnosis, 
All he or she has to do is stop being in hypnosis by putting their attention on something else, uh, by doing something that's not compliant, such as opening their eyes, and that will uh, break the, the, the trance that is essential in the heightened state of suggestibility that we call hypnosis. All right, so succumb. Uh, a much better word is compliance. Someone is compliant. They choose to follow instructions. Then we've got control. Control also really a better word is, is compliance because just like with succumb, we don't overtake somebody else's willpower. They are either liking what we're doing and participating in what we're doing or they choose to stop following instructions or stop remaining focused and then the, the, the hypnosis will just fade away. Sleep. Talked about sleep. Hypnosis is not sleep. Hypnosis is a state of heightened consciousness with the most important element being a heightened state of suggestibility. Nowhere, no way have I ever heard of any kind of research that shows that sleep is a heightened state of suggestibility. Hypnosis is focused consciousness. Sleep is like reduced consciousness. You're less aware of what's going on around you. All right. And then awaken. Obviously, if hypnosis is not sleep, then you don't have to wake up from it. We don't wake up. We emerge from hypnosis. And uh, there's proper ways of doing that, which any reputable hypnotist should know how to do. All right. So there, now we're all caught up with part one. Going on part two. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> it's really important that we have a language that we all understand and can pretty much agree upon. I have for a long, long time been promoting the idea that hypnosis is a heightened state of suggestibility. Okay. So what's a heightened state of suggestibility? It means you are more receptive to suggestions at the subconscious and unconscious level such that those suggestions have a significant effect on how you think, feel, and behave. It also allows you to access memories from the past that cannot normally be accessed in the normal state of mind. So if hypnosis is a heightened state of suggestibility, the word heightened infers that there is a normal state of suggestibility. We are all in varying levels of suggestibility all the time because of whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. <clears throat> so there is this bad, bad word, waking state. I don't like waking state. Waking state, it sounds like you're in hypnosis and you don't know it. Like someone has hypnotized you in a way that you don't know it. But the truth is, and it also says waking, which implies that hypnosis is sleep. This is a bad word. Um, it's a bad concept. We need to understand, both as hypnosis professionals and perhaps even some clients need to understand that hypnosis, heightened state of suggestibility, that you're suggestible all the time. Uh, sometimes, like, for example, if you're an expert on something and you've got lots and lots of experience in it, you know a lot about it, and someone starts telling you things differently than which you know, then you are very little, uh, your, your level of suggestibility with regard to that subject is very, very low. 
However, if there's something you like know nothing about, I mean, it's like a whole new field to you. And there's this guy that's been studying it for one, two or three years, then your mind is going to be very open to his suggestions about that topic or her suggestions. So um, hypnosis heightened state of suggestibility. And so if, if it's a heightened state of suggestibility, that tells us that there is a normal state of suggestibility. Let's stay away from waking state. That's a bad, bad word because we're not asleep when we're in hypnosis. We're not in hypnosis all the time. We are suggestible all the time to varying degrees. Hypnotic inductions help us to become more suggestible for a purpose of receiving particular suggestions that we like. Okay, here's another one. Coma state. <clears throat> Once in a while, well, there's this thing called coma state. It's also, I believe, called the Easdale state. I don't have my notes in front of me, but the, and what happened was um, this is a state that is a state of euphoria and a state of complete anesthesia, no sensation except feeling good. And this was used uh, many, many years ago as a replacement, well, not a replacement, as a form of like anesthesia before chemical anesthesia existed or was reliable. And um, sometimes people don't understand that hypnosis is a heightened state of suggestibility, which makes it an altered state of consciousness. That makes sense, right? I mean, altered state of consciousness. But there's many other altered states of consciousness. And I would like to submit that using the word coma is bad. Nobody wants to go into a coma. That's a scary thought, right? And it's also inaccurate. This altered state of consciousness that people can go into, not everybody, but it seems like a lot of people can, called coma state. I'd like to rename it something else called the Isdale state or something like that after um, the Easdale who discovered it. Um, so the Easdale state would be better and we want to get away from the bad, bad word like coma. Raise your hand if you want to be in a coma. I don't see anybody out there raising their hand. We don't want to be in a coma, so don't use that. So it's scary word and it's inaccurate. It's not really coma, but it is an altered state of consciousness that's very blissful and can be used uh, with some people instead of anesthesia somnambulism. Okay, this is an interesting word. I still use it because we haven't come up with a better word, but it's so inaccurate. All right, so, you know, inaccuracy doesn't help our profession at all, does it? So, back in the early days of hypnosis, we thought, not we, but the early researchers and experimenters with hypnosis thought hypnosis was a form of sleep walking. It's like they're asleep, but they still know what's going on around them and they can, you know, walk and respond and interact in certain ways. And so the name for that in medicine, in psychology is somnambulism. It means sleepwalking. Well, hypnosis is not sleep, hence it is not somnambulism, but it has found its way into the profession and is really only used by hypnotists. So it's it's not that bad because we're not saying to clients or doctors, 
Well, I put, I'm going to put you in somnambulism. I'm going to make you sleepwalk because we just don't say that. It's a term that we use amongst each others. And, but still, it'd be nice if we could come up with a better word. But I propose that we call it hypnotic somnambulism because it's a somnambulistic-like state, but it's not true somnambulism. So waking state, bad. Coma, bad, bad. Somnambulism, bad. Say that out loud. Somnambulism. Okay. And uh, some people really have a hard time saying that. Somnambulism. All right. The next is treatment. Okay. Now, what I'm talking about here is hypnosis as a profession. So this is, I'm mainly talking to hypnotists who are not medical professionals, okay? who are not clinically licensed, like a clinical psychologist or a clinical social worker or a nurse. I'm mainly talking to them. Hypnosis can be used as a treatment if you're in a medical environment. But the vast majority of hypnosis professionals are simply hypnosis professionals. You're not medical. You're not clinically licensed. You're not a clinical psychologist or social worker or anything like that. And so I tell you, it would be very important for you to not use the word treatment. Treatment is, or clinical. Those are bad words if you are not a licensed mental or medical professional. And uh, I, there's, there's no reason for it. Now, most hypnotists, including myself, most of the time I'm just working with normal everyday people with normal everyday problems. They're not diagnosable problems. They've got bad habits. They've got fears about things. They've got low self-confidence, uh, these kinds of things. They're not diagnosable or shouldn't be anyway. They're just normal, everyday problems that people have and want to overcome, which a well-trained hypnotist, like a five-path certified hypnotist, it's, it's easy-peasy work to do. All right. So when, when we say, I'm going to treat you with this, that's implying a medical background or clinical background that unless you have a medical or clinical background is deceiving, deceptive. So we don't want to use words like clinical, or treatment unless, unless you know, you are properly licensed to do so. And the difference is, is now, I don't want to get into this too big. I've done it in other, other podcasts, other videos, but they're like, there's hypnosis and hypnotherapy. What's the difference? If you're working on a diagnosed condition, that's hypnotherapy. Okay. What is diagnosis for? It's to indicate treatment. What kind of therapeutic work is supposed to be done? People who are hypnotists who are doing work with hypnosis on non-diagnosable uh, conditions is hypnosis work. All right. So patient. Patient. Hypnotists who are not licensed professionals don't have patience. Even uh, licensed clinical psychologists don't have patience. They have clients, just like hypnotists have clients. People we're working for and we're helping them out. If you say, I have a patient, one of my patients, you're indicating through your language that you're a doctor or you're a nurse or somebody who who is a licensed medical professional. If you're doing it, stop it. Stop it. Did you know that you could be, I'm not a lawyer. 
and I don't practice law on anywhere, and I don't pretend to be a lawyer on TV, but it's my understanding as a, a hypnosis professional that you start saying, well, you know, at my clinic, uh, I see my patients and I provide hypnotic treatment. You're starting to sound like you're practicing medicine without a license. Stop it. You don't need to do that. All right. Now, of course, if you are a licensed medical professional, awesome. Keep going. But I think you guys particularly respect what I'm saying here. All right. So the last word is clinic. And so this has the word people all the time. They would the clinic, bad, bad word. If you're not in an actual medical clinic, I have people all the time say, Cal, I'd really like to come see you at your clinic. And I go, oh my goodness, let me get something straight right now. I am not a medical professional. Uh, clinic indicates that you're doing clinical work, which is by definition medical work, I'm not doing medical work. And so please don't do that. I think some people, they just want to sound like they've had an education that they haven't had. Yes, I am a clinical uh, hypnotherapist with a uh, ability to see patients in my clinic so that I can provide them with hypnotic treatment when they've had no medical training and no licensure. Bad, bad, bad. If you're doing that, you know, maybe you're mad at me right now, but I'm just telling you what my experience and training has taught me. All right, that's it. It's been so cool to have some time with you. I hope to see you in class. You know what you got to do? If you haven't done it already, you need to subscribe to these videos. Now, I, this plays on YouTube. It, show, it plays on Apple. Uh, .com, iTunes, all that stuff, but the best place to see the video, in fact, the only place you can go to see all the videos is on calbanyan.com. Somewhere around this video, probably, depending where you're watching it, is a link to get all my videos. They're all free. They're on just about every topic in the world of hypnosis that you can imagine. Over 550 of those things. Ooh, baby. All right, Cal Banyan over and